been talking about four different keys of exceptional relationships. This little mini course around a topic that we love. The first key was intention. The second key was devotion. The third key was play. And the fourth key this evening is creation and passion to purpose. So creation. I love talking about creation because, well, we were saying this before we went live, like, you know, for, for many of us, and I think that just culturally, we think about relationships as coming together, um, you know, in regards to society as like a means to procreate together, you know, like that whole nuclear family scenario where you find a partner, you get together, you stay long-term in that relationship and you have babies. And, you know, I've heard people reflect through the years of like, either they did that, right? This, this is what I hear from a lot of students and clients is like, well, we did that having the babies and being in relationship around procreation. And then the babies got older and they grew up. And now I'm like sitting next to this person and I'm like, what are we doing together if we're not parenting together? So, you know, what is creation beyond that creation of the family unit or the creation of actual children? Um, and, and what is at the root uh, of what you're creating together as a couple? So I, I just love that conversation. Um, and, it, and it can be only an and always changing, like so many things that we talk about. And then there's often this like common thread that's through everything. And what I love about this key is that whereas intention is, I always, I always have the image of the sun or like a star um, as this overarching, it's like the essence that you aspire to embody and so it, it fills the space, it fills the molecules, it's, 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 it's a guide, it's a gauge, it's, it's something to, to look to. Creation is that like, like, well, you're a gardener, right? It's like you're getting your hands into the earth. You're, you're bringing it into matter. You're bringing it, and with a capital I, you're bringing it, your intention, down into matter. So it's really the act of the embodied expression. It's the living embodiment and expression of your soul vow or your intention. And, and it's, it's, it's in the material plane. It's, it's the, you're pulling together the ingredients and making your pancake. Um, so what are, do you, do you, do you mind sharing some of the ways that you and Matt are embodying and creating like what, what, and, and the beauty of creation, it's, is it always changing, right? You think of the sand mandala, it's, it's created, it, it exists and it, and it dissolves, poof, yes. right? It's, it's has the three stages. It's, it's, it comes to, it's generated, it gets organized and then it disperses, it, it dissipates. And then there's something else to create in the space between. Yeah. And, you know, in the time that we've been together, uh, it, you know, our creation has, has shifted a handful of times. You know, I think that it's, it's funny to think about now that the kids were all small ish when, when Matt came on scene, um, so, you know, we really were creating this like home and household that we that we envisioned together, you know, what we wanted our, our children to be um, immersed in and exposed to and, and how we connect to the family. Uh, something that also has been a common thread is that Matt and I, even when we haven't been teaching together, like he's not here teaching with me, you know? Um, and, and there've been times he's worked in different school buildings that he's teaching and I'm not in that role. We very much co-create what we teach together because mm -hmm. it's, it's having like a sounding board. It's having someone who's really honest and, and knows, you know, you know, the other person so well that you can speak to a different 
lens that, you know, you know, their blind spots, you know, like their, their habits and their, and their, uh, their traps. Um, and, and so being able to be that reflection as we're, as we're planning curriculum or as we're delivering something to students, uh, that's been a really lovely uh, way to co-create together, even though it might seem like, oh, well, we're not teaching together because we're not, you know, actually co-teaching a class and very much part of, you know, the dreaming process, the writing process, uh, the feedback process, because anyone who's ever written anything, you know, you, you go back and read your own stuff and you're like, does this make sense to anybody other than me? Um, so, you know, that, that's been another way, another thread in, in our creation gardening. Um, and actually I would even say, I would, I would probably zoom out even more than that and say like creating a home itself mm. on the land, in the houses that we've lived in and they've changed like many, many times since we've been together, there was some bouncing around for a little bit there. Um, and yet like the house itself might change, but the home mm. is steady. And how are we putting our energy into this place? And, and what are we actually growing? What are we um, tending to? What are we making beautiful together? And, uh, and that has been a really lovely act of creation all along. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think for Christopher and I, it's creation right now because so much of our you know, we've been together seven years and so much of our creation has been, you know, and, and co-created with you is this work here. This is a really fun chapter. We just like are moving into our, the beginning of our second cycle of seven years. Mm. And um, so, you know, we, we got a little camper and we get to, so part of our creation is, is, is literally being, is just being and non-doing. Yeah. So for us to be able to step out away from, from everything for a night or two and just be is like a whole shift. It's a whole other experience for us. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. He's got more fire than I, right? So he's, and it also means like getting to bring in, um, uh, for us creation is, is change and stepping outside of the, the routine and things being different and him getting to channel his fire and enthusiasm, right? And that, and passion and purpose connects to creation, right? we want to create what we have enthusiasm and passion around mm. and, and that's so important. And, and he loves to move and to use his body and be really physical. And so, so bringing more of that into our lives, literally just stepping off the property. <laughs> is just <laughs> And game is game changing and it's a whole new uh, chapter and wonderful. Um, and, and so that's, that's our, our enjoyment of creation right now Yeah, is literally yeah. just being and non-doing and, um, and just getting to be in the rhythm of the living moment because there isn't a thing to do in 20 minutes, in an hour, in a, you know, we get to step outside of all our other identities and identifications, um, which has just, just been really, really nourishing and fun. I love the, the idea or the, the concept and, and can very, I can very easily see how to make it applicable and, and how it rolls out. And the examples that we both just gave that creation is really that like love in action. You know, mm -hmm. it takes it out of the, you know, the emotions or the subtle body or, um, you know, even the mental body that we can spin in, in relationship a lot. And it moves it into this like, you know, purpose that speaks to our passion and it, and it is an action. Um, and it's an action that includes like, or that requires, I guess I would say it's an action that requires 
a level of awareness um, because you because you have moved through some of the the more squeezy parts of being in relationship. And, um, you know, I don't I wish that I remember who this author was. So if somebody knows, please, please put it in the text. Uh, I read once that the opposite of war is not peace. The opposite of war is creation. Mm. Because when we are at war, when we are internally at war and then externally at war, because that's how it kind of flows, there is this destructive uh, piece to that. And, and the more that we step into awareness through all of the other keys that we've already talked about, the deeper we get into, you know, recognizing that we're not here to be at war constantly. And we're actually here for this bigger vision, purpose, and passion that, that includes creation, that, 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 that is what reconciles the war. Um, and maybe this sounds a little like, you know, philosophy 101, you know, <laughs> when you're a freshman in college and you took that course. Um, and, and it really did resonate. It really landed with me that like, when we're in the middle of that destruction phase, the way that war can be like actual literal war, I go to the Bhagavad Gita, I can't help myself. When you step out of that or move through it is probably a better way. That's where you're able to realize that what you're here to do is create in love, mm -hmm. like making love and in a different context, right? It's the making part of the love. Yeah, it is. Well, and well, it's make, it's, it's make, it's making love matter, right? That's the tagline mm -hmm. on my, my, my business card is helping, helping couples make love matter. And it is bringing it into mater, into the material. And I, I love the, the part about being at war because it goes back to key number one in our first conversation, our first class, where you start to you start consciously journeying on this journey of self-awareness. And you and for many people, they set out because they want to create something, right? They want to start at creation. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, then what you're up against is all the, you become aware and conscious of the inner war. So it, you can't create your masterpiece <laughs> or your many masterpieces. It's not just one. There's a series of masterpieces um, in, in, your, in this incarnation simultaneously while you're at war with yourself because that tends inner war sounds like looks like self-loathing self-criticism criticism of others it's just a you know we all know what in what is the mind a friendly or a hostile place that's how you know the, the question katie always goes back to again and again so when we want it when we start by wanting to create we're going to be up against and hopefully notice the the the, the wars we were not conscious of previously and that's a blessing to be able to recognize that and see it because then you have choice. You can start to tend to it. You tend to your, the inner garden. Um, and that's why in all of our coursework, the creation chapter comes last in our curriculum because you've, you've weeded the garden, you've cleared it, you, you, yep. you've made the earth fertile and ready and ripe to be able to build something wonderful on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and sometimes that fertility comes from the, you know, the fire that was set, <laughs> the, the, the field that was burned all the way down because there was some stuff that had to go uh, to create some space and, and to create space in order to create more. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I just love that. And I love that uh, being in the flow of creation in partnership and we've been, you know, focused for the last 20 minutes on intimate partnerships. And, and this is also true when we're talking about the context of parenting. This is also true when we're talking about the context of friendship. Um, and, you know, it, I'm sure that if we just all paused for a moment and closed our eyes and, and we were like, okay, if, if I had a friendship and what we create together without a doubt is laughter what we create together without a doubt is 
unconditional acceptance, right? That's, that's our co-creation in that friendship. Someone will likely pop into mind, whether past, past or present. It doesn't have to necessarily mean someone who is currently in that role in your life because sometimes relationships end. They, they have, they've created all they're here to create and we move on. Um, and so, you know, it's, I just wanted to pause for a second and say that it's also true uh, in, in business relationships as well and, and partnerships that we go into in the field that we work in. Um, it can be really beautiful to get clear what are we doing here? You know, what are we co-creating? You know, where do our visions overlap and where are they, where are they different? And, um, and to be able to be supportive and uh, interested when they're different as well. Um, I've seen that a lot in parenting. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I know what I would like us to create as a family (laughs) and then others have different ideas. So we get to be with, um, you know, taking a moment and, and recognizing the, the value in somebody else's perspective there too. So it's, um, it's really one of the greatest things to get to do with other humans. Is, um, let's, let's chat a little bit about parents, how parents can support uh, their children in the, in the key of creation. Um, for me, it, the, be- the beginning of it is to always have an eagle eye as a parent, just track where your children express enthusiasm and look for, look for the signatures and symptoms of enthusiasm around anything. Like, let it be around something that I, you might think, oh, that was teeny tiny or teeny weeny. Like, what's that? What's that going to be? Mm. Like, listen to your children talk about anything or anyone or what. L- watch enthusiasm is reflected. It's it's where you're lit up. It's where you feel where there's passion, where there's delight. There's a, there's some fire and air moving when 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 people feel passion about something. Wherever you can just fan the flames of enthusiasm of you know, best time to employ active listening, the, ooh, tell me more about that, and then zip it. (laughs) Don't offer, if you can suspend offering your opinion at the moments your children are expressing enthusiasm or passion about anything, the topic's irrelevant. I swear to you, topic's irrelevant. Lean in with just, being a clearing, right? You're just parting the space for them to just keep blooming and unfolding. And you will learn so much about what your children, how they view, you're gonna learn three distinct things. How, how they view themselves, how they view others, and how they view the world. Mm-hmm. Along with what they specifically feel enthusiasm and passion around. The way they, what they focus on when they're describing an interaction between themselves and a, and a friend or whatever they're describing, keenly pay attention to what they're honing in on and, and, and just fan those flames of just allowing enthusiasm, this spaciousness to to just run wild um greatest greatest gift you can train yourself to give your children Mm. absolutely absolutely i um you know the the context of relationship and parenting for me has really been rooted in um you know and of course i didn't know this because i had children and then I went to college and became a teacher. So I learned things kind of a little bit uh, flipped and, and, um, and felt very affirmed in, in those moments is that uh, being a parent is a reciprocal learning environment that I am of course here to be a teacher to them. You know, human beings have the longest uh, amount of 
dependence and reliance on one another for survival. And I'm also here to learn from them. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes, it, and this could just be true in my life, um, that, you know, you, you get this child with, Maybe, they, maybe they've even been given a list sometimes it seems like they're like oh we're going to come to earth and we're going to get this woman to learn this shit and by learn we really mean just let go of the perception you know that that control is going on and then you know we cross off some things and then when the next baby arrives somewhere angels I don't know who's in charge uh, they're like well she learned these two things but she didn't quite get this one so we're sending in another with that same lesson a little sharper that time we'll give you uh, an eight we'll give you an eight yes 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 exactly um we'll give you you know a, a very maybe you're a very fiery parent and we'll give you a very quiet very kapha child who just wants to chill and you yeah. want to like go on adventures all the time right um and i and i also think that sometimes i i believe that there's always a balance right so you did such a good job learning with, you know, child number two, let's say, that with the next one, you know, you, you're given a little bit of grace in certain areas. Oh, you, oh you've let go of some control. Okay. So we're going to, this kid is just going to do their homework. This one, this one, you don't need to harass, right? Um, so I do think that, that part of it is like my our role as parents and children is in creation is to create learning opportunities and experiences for our growth, for our evolution, for our betterment uh, together. And, and, and sometimes it can be, it can be a harsh teacher. It can be a little slap on the nose and other times it's just hilarious and comical. Uh, and, and I've thought about that, you know, reciprocity, and, um, and, and how I could never imagine thinking like I am the teacher and, and I know everything. I imagine that if you go into parenting thinking that, then you really get your, your that first child comes in with a long list of things. <laughs> and, and instead, it's like we're co-creating reciprocal learning opportunities for one another, for our growth, for our highest, for our evolution. Um, and it's really, really remarkable. And I also believe that it, it that one of my marching orders in the context of creation is to create uh, a safe and accepting environment that I can for children that are put in my care uh, for for the little blip of time that we that we get to have them in our care, and and then we offer them up. You know, they get to go do the next thing. We, we just get them. We're borrowing them for a little while. And um, friends who are here and those of you that are enjoying that are enjoying the replay, I'd love to hear what in what way is a lot, a lot of you are saying, you know, my kiddos have been my teachers. In what ways, like what's how specifically have they been your teachers? I love I love hearing that. I love learning what um, because, it, again, it's very, very specific what they're here um to to help us open into within ourselves right and uh certainly the the type that you have your your child's core type is plays a significant role in that as well as their their constitutional energies mm. i have mm. a nine i have a nine i have two boys i have a 14 year almost 15 uh he's a nine and i have a 23 year old one and um you know uh as a as a four i was my one stress point <laughs> so that's a so fours and ones have been a really interesting dynamic now one is my growth so i was like yay <laughs> right i can see how um uh cal my eldest really embodies like when he's in his and in his healthy oneness it's just like this really lovely, steady, even. It's like I I love one energy. I really do. And um, we, it was it was sticky. The teen years were sticky as I was doing a lot of my own personal healing work and 
and it was just it was tough and then my other one is a is a nine and he is just I remember this was long before I knew Enneagram and it wasn't personal it wasn't like oh I have this saint like I I you know me I've, I've always said like my job is just not to screw him up like that's all I had to do it was just you know he he does his homework I never have to like you know ask him he just he just so kind like the one of the kindest human beings I've just ever met. Like he just showed me the magnificence of love. Like the nine is just like you just built for love. (laughs) It's a different makeup. And um, boy, like it was just really humbling to, to get to be entrusted with him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just remarkable. I I love how that, you know, whatever your belief system is, you know, that that gift, that miracle, that divine play, that contract, whatever it is uh, between parents and children, um, that that they're that it, it really is this precious gift of of reciprocity and learning and teaching and um and really recognizing where we can hold that mirror up and and learn a new way or break an old habit uh, or just or just simply recognize that you can see something through the lens of someone else and and it doesn't have to mean like one is right one is wrong it's just a different way of being and can you be with that even as a parent um you know, I love that aspect of, of creation and parenting relationships. And, um, and that again, too, it's always and only changing. So it's so different to be with that as they get older, as they, they meet different milestones, as they start to engage in friendships, relationships, partnerships, like, whoa, it's, it's, it is just a remarkable journey to be on. Um, and, and our children um, and our relationships with our parents, I mean, we can take it in the other direction as well, um, are, are just always such a rich and ripe opportunity to deepen into self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Just keep deepening and being steady um, on that journey. I mean, you know, you're all here on Sunday nights or watching on replay and uh, there are a million other things you could be doing. You know, there, there are so many other, even, even online, forget about playing outside somewhere. You know, there are so many things that can pull us in. Doesn't she sound so scary? Hang on. Stop barking. (laughs) I tell you, I don't think a fox is going to come in our yard now that Ruth runs around the yard barking like that. We saw, we we went for a, because, you know, they just did the field, they mowed it. And we made Christopher mode some new pathways so that we could walk, but the grass is like Jack came home with two ticks nibbling on his face. I was so mad. Ah, uh, so that's out. And the foxes were like just playing in the field. And yeah, there were, it was, I think that, I think there were a few of them out there together on the, fr- on the fresh fields, just enjoying the new trails. <laughs> <laughs> okay because there's this there's a single rustle in the bushes and she's over there all right i'm gonna move her i'll be right back it's not that big of a deal, honestly. I think it's louder in your domain than it is here. I tell you. Okay. Sounds really loud to me and scary, terrifying. 
but it really it honestly isn't it's not a biggie <laughs> what um can we talk a little bit about the the role of grand grandparents is that open season? oh well i i'm probably biased completely with this role right now because right now i have like rose colored glasses on i'm like yeah, no, no, let's like, because this is, I mean, you're stepping into, I, you, you've shared this, right? I'm not, I'm not sharing something that, that's new news and it may be, I don't know that we talked about it here. Um, but what's that like for you as you imagine stepping into the role of grandmother? It feels like the greatest honor. Honestly, it feels like the greatest honor. Like yeah. nothing could possibly be better than getting an opportunity to be like one step away right because we we all come into parenting with this like energy of of our own expectations for ourselves and then our ideas of like what this little creature is going to be like and to to be a grandparent it's like i mean first of all the miraculous experience of watching your child become a parent yeah like, yeah you know right now this is my daughter and um you know, watching, it just goes right up there with, Ruthie, come here, come here. It goes right up there with like, you know, anything miraculous that they've ever done when they took their first steps, you know, like, except she's, oh, making a life. Like she's making a human body. Oh my God, she's so heavy. Ooh. <laughs> Um, it's like it's like ordinary because it's like okay pregnancy right we we can all do this as human beings and then it's also like the most miraculous thing to watch unfold at the same time so being in that like middle ground you know like not way over into the like oh this is uh you know this fragile pregnant woman that we all need to like protect and 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 it's hard to not do that sometimes and um and to also really deepen into that it's a miracle it's quite miraculous it's uh to watch and to be with i'm really <laughs> i i think that i'm the most excited though about you know being able to see her in this different mastery um, you know, like in all relationship, you can recognize what your partner, what your children, what your best friends, what your coworkers, what they're, you know, what they're just like so good at. I mean, this can lead right into passion to purpose, like without a whole lot of thought, just like an easeful grace of doing something, you know, like some people just have their thing. And one of Madeline's things, and she has many, and one of them is nurturing. Mm. She is so nurturing. Um, and I've watched her be nurturing to children her age. I've watched her mentor, um, at, you know, back in second grade, she was a mentor to the students in her class that were on the autism spectrum. Um, and it, it's her it's part of her essence to be in that nurturing uh, and um, and it's beautiful to watch and she's going to, to get an opportunity to just shine in that, you know? Um, and, and so that's what I was trying to say. It's right up there with watching, you know, um, your child that plays an instrument uh, perform or dance, or, you know, you, your child that's an artist create, or your child that is an athlete uh, compete. It, it's just awe. It's getting to be in awe. Mm. And what's, what's it like for you as you imagine stepping into the, getting to embody grandmother? I mean, I know what I'm excited for you. <laughs> I want to know what you're excited. Like, what does that, what does that feel like? You know, this is interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, that we culturally really celebrate uh, maiden. We celebrate maiden energy. We celebrate, you know, youth. It, it's everywhere. And we celebrate motherhood. 
you know, um, and, and in the various forms that it takes. There's sometimes a little bit less celebration of a uh, wild woman or enchantress, right? Uh, we could even go back historically and say that there's been some punishment uh, in regards to that archetype. And often stepping into that crone or wise woman or older woman archetype, it can have this air of like invisibility culturally. And, um, and for me personally, it, it feels a little bit like a relief. Mm. Like, you know, it, it, it's like finally being able to cast aside, um, just those more superficial things that as as women I think that we hold on to and, and we continue. Um I I I can't wait till all of my hair is silver. I love like the wrinkles around my eyes, like just being able to, and those are physical things, uh, but just the slow observation and witness that you get to be in more when you're in the crone. Mm. Sounds like a dream. I love that. I love that you get to um, broaden the narrow view that sometimes nanas can be boxed into, right? You're like Tantra Nana. <laughs> yeah, the Tantric Nana. That's oh my God. That would make all my children want to barf. <laughs> And uh, what I love is that this little one, because Madeline already has it, so so this little one will receive the uh, instruction, the the owner's manual for the human comma being from both mother and grandmother. Just like will be raised not not knowing it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That to me is just the home run of it all. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, right back to the conversation on passion to purpose and creation and relationship, there are a lot of uh, mother child, you know, parent child relationships that are, that almost set themselves up for being a, an incongruent uh, grandmothering or grandparenting parent child relationship where there is conflict in the ways that things should be done um and you know we've chatted about this before madeline was was talking about a friend of hers who's like oh my god you know like i can't think about even every time i bring the kids over to my to my parents house they come back insane because different different methodologies of parenting and the different different rules oh watch all the tv that you want and here are 17 chocolate bars for breakfast side note nothing wrong with that because that's what my grandmother did with me um and (laughs) madeline was like i don't have to worry about that with you you know i and she doesn't first of all that's not my style secondly if it wasn't her style it wouldn't be my style you know, and and I think like we get to co-create this, um, you know, once again, back to reciprocal learning experience together. And and she as the mother, um, my respect for her will yield. And and I also recognize that um, her respect for me means that if I'm like, oh, honey, you know, like we got, we got to talk about this situation and, and just assess it a little bit around discipline or whatever it might be that, that she will listen. And that there is, a, there's still that creation of reciprocal learning from one another uh, in this new dynamic mm-hmm. rather than, you know, in my generation, we did things, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, um, I ate ice cream for breakfast every day. And it was great. <laughs> um, and it probably wasn't great because I had a lot of ear infections as a cough a child with all that ice cream. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always had sinus stuff and like sore throats. Like my lymph system was like just filled with glue. Yes. Yeah. 
what it felt like. Yeah. That was the best thing about getting to become, leaving the house at 18, was being able to finally like explore. Okay, because I knew the way, I mean, my parents were wonderful parents. They were wonderful and they were just raising me the way they, you know, basically standard American Western diet. Oh, 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 oh. It was like, that was what I was so excited for to be able to no longer live at home was I get to discover how do you really nourish yourself so you feel well, Mm. like well-being, like, and I, I had those hits that there was something else. Ayurveda had just come into my field of awareness in my late teens. And um, and it just was too kooky for my parents. It just didn't, and I didn't know how to share it with them in a way that didn't sound completely different, you know, um, and opposite. So, so that yeah. was awesome. But, um, but what I, what I love that I'm hearing you and your daughter, you being able to create together requires a very aware and conscious way of communicating where you really want to, you ask, you ask and invite to, to listen to and learn about what does someone, what do they think? What do they value? What do they cherish? What, what are their views? And to not be in any rush, right. To, to, to change their mind, to, to really, really listen. Creating requires impeccable listening between two people. And it only takes one really good listener in my, in my, my belief. <laughs> you just need one really good listener, you know, and you just get to model um, great listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it, and it takes a commitment to, you know, creative problem solving, creative solution seeking, creative, uh, you know, connection where there might be a difference uh, of opinion or a difference of vision. And, and these things, this isn't exclusive to, to mother or, or parent child relationships at all. You know, this is, this pops up in, in each relationship uh, when we review things like what is our purpose together? Uh, how is it, how is our intention at the core of that? And, and are we fueling this with this passion there? It's bound to happen that at some point there will be, you know, a fork in the road where, where there's a little bit of a, "Mm, no, I'm over here. Oh, I'm over here. And, and rather than again, coming at one another and clinging to whatever that is remaining open and holding at the center, you know, we're here to create, what is next together? We are here to creatively um, problem solve, uh, solution seek together rather than if I admit that I maybe was wrong, then I have lost, you know. Those places in relationship are, every time I look back on, on that in any relationship, worked with consciously is the compost for a tremendous up leveling in a relationship. Oh yeah. It's the material. It is truly the material for tremendous up leveling. And it requires again, very conscious communication, taking responsibility, not blaming, stating what it is you think you want um, taking as much uh, accountability and ownership and it, and it really requires a great vulnerability. Um, and those, those squeezes is always the material, the perfect compost for incredible transformation and creation if worked with skillfully, like you can work with fire in many different ways. (laughs) It can torch a house. It can warm a wood stove, both within a home. And so again, this is, um, uh, 
and 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 that is that is the ultimate i don't know i don't really love the word test of a relationship but it is um you have to go through those squeezes you don't you know I, I, there are again and again there will be generation organizing and disillusion and then space generate organize disillusion and then space over and over lather rinse repeat in every single relationship you have Yeah, and and you can see that unfold um, when you pan out, when when you have that bird's eye view of your life, your life, your story, your tapestry of being. When when you pan out, you can see those cycles, and you know this is what I love about you know going back to that uh, with our children. We learn with number one or. That number two comes in with another list of marching orders and, and maybe we learn again or number three, if you choose to go that route um, and so on and so forth. And the same thing can be said about intimate relationships. You know, how, how many times have we read articles or, or seen headlines on, on Facebook that's like, do you find that, you know, you're essentially, you're in new relationship, new relationship, new relationship, and yet it's the same story. It's the same story over and over and over until you pan out and you're aware of it and you're like, what am I here to learn in this? And, and it's when we get to, to have the opportunity to pause and to really learn and to evolve and to grow with someone through those moments that, that we get to see the fruits of, of that labor. Mm. and and that we get to experience the up leveling a little bit right not to say that you're like it's smooth sailing because there will be another generate you know organize and dissolve uh cycle and the thing is is that for some relationships you get to do it over and over and over together and it isn't a conflict within the relationship it's a conflict that the relationship is moving through as an entity. It is, you're both in the same boat together, navigating the storm, weathering these seas. And it can be very difficult um, when in partnership, if, if one, of, one person is more consciously on this journey um, than, than the other and, and, wants the other to sort of be on the same page, right? Or, um, so it takes, it takes a great skill and compassionate understanding to not push or try to force our, our partners um, into a space that isn't currently their experience and, or of conscious awareness. Mm. Um, and, and it's for us, to simply live these keys and just see what your experience is together. Um, some <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt. <laughs> well, yes. And, and he, you know, like he, I, I know that I was thinking of Matt and, and, I'll and never forget the forced baptiste yoga class that i made him go to okay tell us about that this was years and years and years ago and and work we were both working in the same high school it was so intense and so stressful and this was like my greatest stress relief was to go to this class do this practice go get indian food afterwards and i felt like a new woman I would come to I'd go to work on that Friday and be like I could just I could work all weekend I don't even need a weekend now so of course with the greatest of intentions that I had when something works for you you long for that to work for someone else particularly if you're watching them in the cycle of suffering you know you're like Okay, but before pizza and uh, Indiana Jones marathon happens, maybe let's just go just go to this thing. This is going to be really great. He was so mad for that entire yoga class. If you haven't done Baptiste yoga, it, it can be wonderful if you love it. It's hot. It's in a hot room. Matt has fire. He has kapha, but he has fire. It moves 
fast. It's a very fast flowing class. He was very new to yoga and this was not a newbie class. Um, my bad. And, uh, and he did it. I mean, he, he was remarkable. He was heroic. And afterwards, you know, you go out, you change your clothes. We were walking over towards the Indian food restaurant and he was like, Halfway in the middle of that class, I was never taking you out to dinner again. <laughs> uh-huh. It was like, I don't care if you ever eat. I'm not eating Indian food. I don't want to be around you. <laughs> he was so mad. It was uncomfortable. It was hard. It was intense. It was grueling. And I probably didn't warn him at the level that I could have because I didn't want to scare him away. Oh. And I'm like, well, didn't you have this like amazing experience in Shavasana? He was like, yeah, that's why we're actually going out to dinner right now and I'm not driving home right now. And I was like, well, what was your amazing experience? He's like, that I was not mad at you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, okay. You know, and that was just the beginning. There were so many things like, you know, come to Kripalu with me. Come do this thing. Come do that thing. And, and wanting him to be on my timeline. And, you know, this is, this goes back to what I was saying about parenting. And it truly was when I was just like, no more grasping. He, he's going to be on the path that he's going to be on. And, and you know what? I fell madly in love with him and he didn't even know what a chakra was. Right. He had to Google it. And he did. Yeah, of course. What I knew was that if something was important to me, he was going to support me in that, even if he didn't understand it, get it, want to do it himself. And I'm like, that far exceeds the, you want to go on a five day uh, vision quest with me. (laughs) And there was no subtle, like, um, like comments or snarky, like sometimes where, where people in partnerships may feel or not feel they believe there's a threat Mm. i see this a lot with couples um uh sometimes we with with with, of course with all our innocent enthusiasm we come home you know like we've just discovered yoga we're discovering things about ourselves we've got and we have different we have different pants now we have different books on the coffee table all at you know and like all the things and and um, sometimes it can be overwhelming for the for the other partner, and they might perceive it as I'm losing you to that, or mm. something. So with Matt, there were none of those yeah. like gigs or like put downs or anything like that. Yeah. Not even when I said, mm, I don't think that that's a feeling. I think that's a thought. <laughs> he wasn't like, he wasn't like, what are you talking about? This is crazy nonsense you know like he would never ever ever that's the thing you know is your partner willing to go on that five day retreat in peru with you maybe not and are they willing to support this dream that you have because it's important to you without belittling it or you know lessening or trying to dampen that flame of passion and are they supporting you as you continue on the path towards your purpose you know those are all you know big big flags of yes and continue and thank you and other people will be on their own journey at their own pace so it all goes back to um, really uh, cherishing and um, uh, uh, for me, adoring is a, is a respectfulness. It's such a, it's such a res- like it's adoration is adoring with such respect. It's such cherishing respect that you can have very different interests. And as long as there's the foundation of cherish and adore, Right. Mm-hmm. And by adore, I don't mean like someone's on a pedestal and I'm adoring you. No, no. Adoring, the root of adoration is immense respect. And the longing to uplift the other, just like you're talking about. Mm. That is a, I always, um, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, how much I love the research of John Gottman. Yeah. And, um, he ran the Love Lab. 
and he would he could predict couples togetherness or disillusion within a 90% accuracy by watching a video of them talking about something they didn't see eye to eye on with no volume just watching their faces and by the 7 minute mark he could predict with 90% accuracy which couples would be together in 2 years uh, or not Mm. And, and in his research, I, I, I changed it to cherish and adore. It's, it's, um, fondness and appreciation, I believe, or the, the foundations. And what he was watching for were the micro muscles. He was, he really could read through the face. He was watching for how many ticks of contempt would flash on someone's face. And that was like the death sentence of, of the relationship. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I, um, you know, I wanted to, to go back to that passion for purpose and, um, you know, to, to recognize that passion at least in the in my understanding of it and, and the way that I think about it embodied is that inner fire. Mm. And and it's that it's that little spark that um that like flame uh that is that's always going. And then there are different things that we do in life that like you know they just like blow on it a little bit and you get a bigger flame, you know, even if it's just for a moment. And even things that your partner, your friends, your, your coworkers, your children are thrilled about, even if it, you can't quite imagine how this aligns to like your purpose together as a couple or your, your intention of, you know, mutual victory, whatever it might be. It's still keeping that inner fire going. It's still fueling that. Um, I'm never, I, I love Star Wars, love Star Wars. My love for Star Wars is nothing compared to Matt's. And I don't care about starships. They're cool. They're awesome. They're ships that fly around space. Everybody drives them. It's really miraculous. Matt will sit and paint these little miniature starships with like a magnifying glass and paints and a little brush for hours hours. and am I like oh tell me everything there is to know about an x-wing that sounds freaking fascinating no (laughs) no I do not do that and I love that he is doing something that he loves I don't have to understand what that's about um and i can totally support him in that and and the same is true about things that 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 light me up is that he doesn't have to dive head first into those things and he can quietly support he can um you know hold space give space for uh for doing those activities and and ultimately no matter how many steps removed they are from your your purpose or your vision or intention as a couple it's fuel. It's fueling that flame. Um, and, and it's keeping that inner fire going for them, which is so important. I love it. Tell everyone, if you have any questions or comments, or if you're watching the replay, um, happy to keep the conversation going around creation, around passion, purpose enthusiasm um yeah just let us know and love to hear what your experiences are with creation passion and purpose in your relationship with yourself um in your roles as parents with your parents and in your partnerships yeah and i just want to i don't danielle i don't know if you can see the comments here a couple of the um you know i uh, make no mistake, friends. Um, I, I certainly have not mastered my mind. Um, 
and and or evolving you know there there are still many many moments where uh i am in agitation i am in frustration I can feel those sensations rise up in my body. I can, I can watch all the places that they land. I, I can get quiet. I can pause. I can let my internal temper tantrum happen. Maybe even go someplace where an external temper tantrum has to happen and, and ultimately be responsible for whatever has just moved through me and to not do as much or if any harm in the process of, of, whatever that was, that, that habit, that pattern, that egoic story that, that decided to play out. And, and this is particularly um, important for me as a practice when it comes to the relationships that I'm in, because I'm far from mastering anything. And so I know that these things can happen. I know that as human beings, we, we feel a rub and there's often a reaction and then there's cleanup that gets to happen after that. And there's growth and learning that gets to happen from that. It certainly isn't smooth sailing and, and mind mastery. It's open communication and a willingness to be like, yo, so that uh, wasn't my best moment. And if I could redo what just happened, this is probably how I would have proceeded. And, and if you were hurt or, um, I said something that that landed in an icky way. I would love to chat about that so there can be some reconciliation because it, you know, the being in relationship is hard. It's one of the hardest things of the path of the householder, I think. Um, I can be in my inner world, even if my inner world isn't hostile, a an outer <laughs> conversation can get hostile because humans bump up against each other. Uh, in that way. So it's a, it's a learning opportunity. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, no, that's, that's super important because, you know, and I, I, I certainly can find myself in that as well. And those, those really are the keys we're going to, we're learning as we go. So again, being uh, consciously aware of, of your own inner state is a full-time job because your own inner state is telling you, are you at ease with what is, or is there, is there a resistance and, and resistance for me tells me that's, that's, it shows me there's either something I'm misunderstanding or I'm unclear around, or something is being agitated within me. One of my samskaras um, is being activated. And that's, that is always our work is to be aware of our inner state, to be aware of what we're thinking and believing true, to learn how to um, communicate clearly, kindly, uh, and to take responsibility and amend wherever we have said or done something that uh, caused harm. We we cause harm with our language, with our with our missteps, and we can use our missteps so powerfully. Our missteps show us like our misstep. We'll get the same opportunity again and again to misstep over and over and over. <laughs> you will. So we want to consciously work with our missteps, own them, amend them, and uh, let someone know, declare, oh, that was like you said, in my do-over, I would do or say this differently. I wish I hadn't said X, Y, or Z. And here's what you can count on from me in the future. This is, this, was, this is what I learned from that. And here's what you can count on me when this happens the next time. I just say it, assuming there's a next time. There will be, because this is how we get to embody our learning. There will be a next time. There will be a do-over. <laughs> it's promised. We'll get an opportunity. <laughs> And that language, that process is so important to model for our children, to hear for, to hear your parents say, use that kind of language, like, oh, you know, I thought about the way I texted that, or I said that I I wish I had a do-over. If I had a do-over, here's what it would sound like and look like. And I apologize for the way it, for the way I expressed that, um, 
and here's what you can count on me the next time this happens. Demonstrating that for your children, because if we don't demonstrate it for them, they won't learn it. They will learn how we communicate. Mm. So, so hearing your parents say, oh gosh, dang it. Like misstep. I apologize. Here's what I wish I had said. Here's what I'll say moving forward. And I please accept my apology is so huge. So, so huge. All right, gang. We love you. We love you. Great night.